Well, it's, uh, it's great to have a special guest with me here today. This is my uh, friend Winston Newman and prayer partner. I'll introduce him more thoroughly in a moment. And so this is a bit of a different front of format for an Easter Sunday. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the text from um, the Gospel of John that talks about um, you know, the resurrection story because it kind of sets the foundation for everything we're going to talk about. Then I'll introduce Winston and then we'll kind of get into a bit of a discussion about what we're going to do. And the theme is hope over the long haul. Hope over the long haul, okay? All right, so here's the text, and um, it's John chapter 20, and we've been going through every week kind of line by line to the Gospel of John. We're here at the, at the story of the resurrection. So here it is. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene uh, came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. And then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. This is Mary Magdalene. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white standing where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, She said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it's great to have Winston with, uh, with us here this morning. Uh, Winston is married to Kathy for 57 years. Wow, that's amazing. You're you know, a couple years away from 60. Wow, it's amazing. Uh, Winston is the father of four children, uh, grandchildren, uh, 12 grandchildren, and four great-grandchildren. How's your wallet? Um, <laughs> One of his greatest delights is to have conversations about faith with his uh, um, family, he uh, and his children and grandchildren. He was born in Jamaica, West Indies, uh, came to Canada to study theology at Toronto Bible College, which is now called Tyndale. Uh, After sensing God's call to ordain ministry, he continued his studies at U of T, followed by further theological studies at Knox College. Uh, Winston has served three congregations over the years of his ministry, and um, he's been retired for 16 years, uh, here you go, 16 years ago, and lives in Barrie ever since that, right? So he served as interim moderator at Ivy Church to the south of us for four years, which he and Kathy have now made their 
church home. So Winston, thanks so much for, for being here. And uh, not only, so when I moved to Barrie, I got to know Winston um, a fair amount just through presbytery meetings and, and seeing him around town. And uh, we started talking and I just quickly learned that Winston was one of these people of great wisdom and insight. And whenever I had a big challenge or some big question about something, Winston would be the first person I would call. And then we also would get together and we get together regularly. So he's my prayer partner and we, and we pray. And let me tell you, and I'd you know, I don't want to build you up too much here, but, uh, you know, you, you start to pray with Winston, it's just like, if you open your eyes, you think like you're going to be surrounded by physical angels. It's like, um, you're so, so faithful and, and so much great wisdom to share with us. So thanks for being here. And Winston, let's just jump into it. How would you define hope? Because we're talking about having hope over the long haul. It's on. It's on, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I guess I, I would begin by... It's nice and Yeah. <laughs> um, by saying what hope isn't. Uh, okay. It's not wishful thinking. Mm -hmm. It's not fingers crossed kind of thing. It's not me saying, I think I'll, I hope I'll be able to make the Olympic team for Canada and run right. the 100 meters at world record pace. Right. That's not what it is at all. Um, because that just wouldn't be realistic. So there's a, a realistic ground um, for faith, for, for hope. And, and um, as Christians, it's, it's God. So we look at God, we see his nature. We understand who he is. He's a God of, of love, of compassion, of grace, uh, a, a God who, who seeks us and, and, and cares for us. And then we look at his work. He's the, he's the God who created everything, the God who sustains everything, and, and the God who promises to us. And therefore, faith takes hold of those promises. And, and when faith does that, it, it produces hope. And so um, uh, it's expectation, it's desire. Um, uh, and Hebrews 11, for example, says that faith is being sure of what we hope for. So there's, there's this, this certainty even, mm -hmm. even in hope. And um, the promises that God makes. And um, he, he talks about the fact that, that he'll be our God. Mm -hmm. And then he ties that to the, the reality of walking before him. Yeah, the Abrahamic covenant he makes. And therefore, as we walk before him, uh, we're to walk in obedience. Uh, and so you see, obedience is not just so much commandments that he gives as uh, external to us, but it is, it is um, the way in which we can keep in step. Uh, uh, let's put it this way. It's almost like a dance. And he is the lead. He is leading us. And so we, we walk with, we dance with him. We we um, engage with him as he leads us, and we, we are in step with him. Hmm. And so uh, the problem, though, is that we really can't obey him. We talked about that. Right. You know, it doesn't we mess matter. up a lot. Yes, yeah. yes. It doesn't matter how good we are. Uh, even when we do good things, you can look at mixed motives and all of those yeah. things, yeah. you know? And, and um, uh, if you look at the commandments, for example, it's interesting how Jesus sort of undercuts a lot of the, the, the ways in which we can commend ourselves. He says, well, you know, if, if you look at someone with anger, you, you've, you've murdered the person. If you look at a, a, a woman, a man looks at a woman, or a woman looks at a man, and lusts, you've committed adultery, right. and so on. So it, it undercuts all of that. And so um, it's impossible for us to really walk with God, dancing with him, uh, following the choreography mm -hmm. the way um, we need to. And therefore, we'll ultimately dance away from him. We mm -hmm. do that. And so what God had to do then 
he had, uh, well, I shouldn't say he had to do it because this was planned from eternity. What God did, the, the triune God, they planned that his son, Jesus Christ, would take on our flesh and come to be among us. And I don't want to uh, go on too long here because we have other questions to look at. But, but what Jesus was doing, uh, um, he participated in our humanity. He represented our humanity. Right. And, and, and uh, you're kind of mentioning that this morning. Whatever, um, whatever Jesus did, he did as our representative. And so every single person is represented in Jesus Christ. Mm. And, and so he took on our flesh. And it wasn't the, the, the flesh before Adam sinned. It, he took on the human flesh of Adam after he had sinned. But he didn't sin. So we have um, together the, 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 the God and man um, in one person. And in Jesus Christ, God has drawn humanity to himself in a way that he had never come to be with humanity before. He was in the temple, remember? Yeah. yeah. And he's supposed to be the God um, who dwelt among the people. But in Christ, man has drawn close to God. Man has met God in the most intimate way. Mm -hmm. You're going to say? No, I was just going to say mm -hmm. that. So you're, you're focusing, okay, not on... A you know, wishful thinking, not on the power of positive thinking, yeah. but focused on the character of God. Yes. And we are in this dance, so to speak, uh, with him, but we can't really do it very well because we stink and we keep messing yeah. up. Yeah. Sorry, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> um, and then, but at the same time, we are in Christ, and that's a hope for us because yeah. we are in him, and he is doing it in his forgiveness and in his grace, kind of carrying us along. Is that a fair right? Yes. Um, but at this point, we are not really in Christ yet. Mm -hmm. Christ has taken our humanity. Mm -hmm. and, and, and everything he does, he does as, 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 as if humanity was doing it. It, it, it is, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. He has taken our humanity. So when Christ, for example, went to John to be baptized, and John said, come on, you don't want me to baptize you. Right. Um, it's like, who am I? You're the Messiah. Yes, that's right. 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 You're yeah. holy. You, know, you don't sin, you mm -hmm. know? Because he had pointed him out already. Right, you know? right. And, and, and Jesus suffered to be so now if we, to fulfill all righteousness. And, and basically what Jesus was doing there right. is as the representative man mm -hmm. repenting for us. Mm -hmm. And if you go on. On our behalf. On our behalf. Well, as man, he was mm -hmm. re repenting. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we were, uh, as it were, he was taking up our repentance into himself. Hmm. And, 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 and also, when he went into the wilderness to be tempted, hmm. again he was representing us. Hmm. And he overcame, you talked about this morning, he overcame uh, Satan and his temptations. Right. And um, Jesus, we couldn't obey God, we couldn't dance with God, but Jesus, as the God-man, he obeyed fully and completely everything mm -hmm. that, that God asked of him. And, and um, when he prayed, he was praying our prayers. So mm -hmm. what I'm saying is that every single thing that Jesus did, um, he did as the incarnate God, mm -hmm. and therefore represented us, and we, as it were, were in him. And so it's all for us. But the thing is, he, when he came to the cross and he died, he was dying for us as well. He was mm -hmm. taking our death into himself. And in doing that, 
He took, as he pointed out, our, our sin into himself. Um, he paid the penalty. Um, he, he, he removed the guilt of sin. He satisfied the justice of God. And as you pointed out, he overcame Satan, sin, death, hell. Uh, all of those things. And right. in Christ, that was for us. Now, how would you explain that to a five-year-old? <laughs> now, that's a difficult one. <laughs> I, I tell you, I'll tell you a joke. I, um, my granddaughter texted us and she said, um, I have a little job for you because my four-year-old daughter, Hazel, is asking me about the Trinity. Right. And I have no answer for her. I can't okay. explain it. So you'll have to explain that to her. Okay. So, and I'm wow. saying, I hope, all the big I hope she doesn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess what I do, um, I, I, I talk about, that we're talking about hope. And what I'm, what I'm trying to get at here is the fact that hope is based in what God has done for us. We can trust him. Mm -hmm. um, we have grounds for it. And, and because of what he has done, what he has done in Christ, and he has drawn us into himself, um, because of that, we, 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 we um, therefore um, can, can trust what God has done for mm -hmm. us. And this brings us hope. Yeah. And so what I'd, I guess what I'd do is um, talk about a promise, because we're living according to the promises of God. Talk about a promise that, mm -hmm. say, a parent made. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to be home tonight, I'll be home to tuck you in bed. Mm -hmm. And the child knows that he or she can rely on, on dad or mom. Mm -hmm. And so, on the basis of that, yeah. your experiences of mom and dad, they can have hope. Mm -hmm. They can know that that is going to happen. Of course, the problem, yeah, like that, and, the so God, and so God, that's what God does. The right. problem is, of course, God uh, can do whatever he wants. God has the power zone. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad can't cover all the angles. Right. <laughs> so the analogy fails right there. And we think we can, and then mm -hmm. we have kids, and then about 10 it, seconds later, you realize Exactly, that. exactly. The analogy okay. fails. No, I like that, the promise related to the person, because I think that's very relatable. Since God is consistent in his character, he will be consistent and keep those promises. I was speaking to kids, I um, wasn't planning on saying this, but I remember um, a couple years ago, I think, I was having a conversation with Ben, my son Ben, uh, about hope, and we were trying to think of a definition, right? And uh, what we came up with is like, hope is knowing that better is coming. Mm. Hope is knowing that better is coming. Because there is this future orientation, right? Yes, like a promise yes. is something in the future. So God says certain things. He will make them come to pass. Even with the resurrection story, because... Yes. Jesus said this was going to happen, and it's people are like, oh, I don't know. And they, they really struggle with it, um, but it comes to pass. And it's like, oh, right, he actually comes true. Let me ask you this. So when we look at the, the story that I just read there, uh, is there a detail from the resurrection account in John's gospel um, which teaches us something about hope, but was one of those things that people often overlook? Yes, I saw that question. I was <laughs> not sure where that, that was going. Um, uh, so I'll, I, I can only attempt to, uh, as I look at that, to, mm -hmm. to, to share um, what I would discern there. Um, one of the things about the, the John, his gospel, is that he wanted to make sure 
that his audience knew that Jesus had really died. Mm. He's the only one who talks about the spear being stuck up in, inside mm. of Jesus. The spear. Blood and water coming out, which mm -hmm. indicated he was dead. Everybody knew he was dead. Yeah. Soldiers knew. Uh, Joseph knew. His disciples knew. Mm -hmm. He had died. He was very different from the other two because uh, they had to break their legs. Right. But Jesus gave up the ghost and died. Yeah. And so he really died. He was put in a tomb. These disciples despaired. Mm -hmm. um, Mary, and I guess they didn't spend much time going, uh, thinking ab about going to the tomb, but Mary didn't. You know, it's interesting. There was, there was a, a, a commitment to Christ, even his death, although they despaired. The, what the expectation they had mm -hmm. um, was not what had occurred. Jesus had died, and their expectations died with him. Mm -hmm. But Mary went to the tomb, found it empty, and her only conclusion was that somebody had stolen his body. Right. No expectation. Right. Somebody stole his body. She told the disciples, they went and looked and said, yep, they stole his body, and off they went. But Mary stayed there, and all she wanted was to find the body of Jesus so that she could look after it. So there's this commitment, there's this very low expectation I don't even know you'd want to call that hope. The only hope is to be with this dead person, mm -hmm. you know, whom she had loved. And but it's a sign of devotion, yeah, for sure. A sign the of fact devotion. that she's sticking around. Exactly. Yeah. And so she stood there, and then Jesus came. She thought it was the gardener. Yeah. yeah. And then Jesus called her name. She recognized him, and she clung to him. And Jesus said, don't hold on to me. I have not yet ascended my father. And so the point is, what John is saying is, this is really a body. This is really... Mm -hmm. a person with a body yeah, that was yeah. there. Yeah. And so Jesus said this, and this I think is very important and significant. Jesus said to her, go and tell the other disciples. Yeah. So what Jesus was doing was giving her the commission to declare his mm -hmm. resurrection, which is really uh, very yeah. central to the gospel. I was going to go on to say that when Jesus rose from the dead, if he had died, all that he had promised would have come to nothing. But when right. he rose from the dead, it signified the reality of what he had promised. And therefore, what happened was, yeah. all that he is, we can enter into that. He, he purified our humanity, and he invites us to enter into this humanity by right. faith, repentance right. and faith. And so when we enter into that, then we live out of the power and reality of Jesus Christ. Mm. Every single thing that he did as, human, mm. uh, uh, as the archetype of humanity or mm. the, uh, you know, the, the, the um, representative man becomes ours now. Yeah. Sorry. No, no that, that's it, interesting. Two things on that. First mm. of all, in terms of John really mm. wanting, because all these theories of, you know, conspiracy theories were circling around in the first days too. And so he includes details that kind of counter some of those things. Yes. Like, I think it was J. Warner Wallace, who is a cold case detective and going through the details. And he's very detailed oriented. And I'm just recalling from memory here, I think it was like, yeah, after a certain point in a dead body, you know, when rigor mortis starts to set in, you get pierced in a certain place and blood and water comes out. People thought, oh, it's theological, it means this and this. No, it's actually what happened. And this is actually showing us that he's actually at this point of death. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing about what you said about the fact that he represents us and all his promises come true is like when you think of the, like the gardener. So in verse 15 of chapter 20, you know, Mary supposing him to be the gardener, like, I think that's a detail, too, because mm -hmm. we think of the first garden, which is the Garden of Eden. 
and the first man, Adam, and though he, you know, through him sin comes mm-hmm. into the world, and through Christ new life and salvation comes into the world. And so I think Paul calls him the second Adam. Yes. yes. So it's like there's another little detail. The fact mm-hmm. that it happens in a garden mm-hmm. is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. It's to remind us mm-hmm. that actually all this new creation, heaven and indeed is coming to earth and into our lives through what he has done. Right, right. Another one of those, good. those details. Yeah, no, that's, that's Didn't think of that. <laughs> well, you yeah, just yeah, yeah, you said it. Yeah, yeah. But, so yes, uh, um, mm. you know, connecting with Adam. But, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so um, the, the, the point, though, is that their expectation was low, yet Christ broadened her expectation, right. broadened her hope. He came right. as the resurrected Christ, the guy who had mm-hmm. died, and now he's alive, and now he has brought into existence a, a, a new creation because he's mm-hmm. the first fruits. Yeah. He's, the, he's the first of God's renewed creation. Mm-hmm. And, and, and his resurrection is a promise to us that we also will be resurrected okay. and we'll enter into a, a living relationship <clears throat> in the transformed universe with, mm. with him. Uh, but anyway, so here she has this message to tell, yeah. which is broader in her than what she had before. Yeah. She just had a, to talk about a dead guy. Now she has to talk about Someone who is risen, yeah. and 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 heaven has broken into yeah. earth to transform and change it, beginning to begin yeah. that transformation. Yeah. And so Jesus then goes to to um, the, the the room where the apostles are, disciples are hiding. Yeah. And and this he, is a foretaste of next week's sermon, by the yeah. way. <laughs> and he don't, walk, don't say too much. <laughs> okay. Oh, they know it. And he walks in. <laughs> It doesn't open the door. He walks yeah. through. So what we have here now is, is a, a new reality. Yeah. Because the laws of physics would not permit that as mm-hmm. we know it now. Yeah. So what's, you can see the, the, the inbreaking of something totally new, even yeah. physically. Yeah. And so he goes to the disciples and he greets them. Yeah. And he says, look, I'm the dead guy. Look mm-hmm. at my wounds. Yeah. And then immediately he, sa- he says, as the Father has sent me, so I send I you. Mm-hmm. And so what he was doing was commissioning them with the same commission that he had when he yeah. came to declare that the kingdom of God had come. Mm-hmm. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Spirit. Yeah. And so what, what that indicated was that they couldn't go and do it in the old usual way with their own abilities or, right. you know something they different had, had happened exactly okay. they had to they they had to be anointed by the spirit to go it yeah. has to be in the spirit yeah. it has to be in Christ and so when we look at that we realize it harks back to the chapters 14 and 15 where yeah. where Jesus had promised the spirit yeah you know and and he says I must go away because if I don't go away then the spirit will not come mm-hmm. and when the spirit comes he reminds yeah. you of what I've said he'll teach you things yeah. he'll take what is of mine and give it to you yeah. And then he says things like, um, uh, and this is what the Spirit does, if you obey me, the Father will be with you, and then we will come and make our home with you. It's the Spirit who brings yeah. the Father and the Son yeah, yeah. to be with the disciples, to indwell them. Yeah. And then he says, you will do what I've done, and even greater yeah. things. Yeah. Why can he do that? Why can't they do that? Because the Spirit brings the indwelling Christ, yeah. and it is Christ who is going to do that through them. Yeah. So, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think a part of that, the, so things are new, the Spirit comes and powers the disciples to go out, and things are different, right? These, he goes through a wall, 
he's was a corpse and now he's like there's a lot of new stuff happening mm -hmm. i think a part of that commission too which is another one of those details that gets overlooked is the fact that he appears to marry yes early on and because of that and i think there's a certain dignity given to mary and in fact women in general i would say because in the first century and this is one of those details that gets missed is that a woman's testimony was not considered credible enough right. to be admissible in a court of law so the fact that if you want to make up the story, you have them first appear to the men who have, you know, their voice will be heard in a court of law. Mm -hmm. But first of all, uh, he gives this dignity to Mary, and she, this actually happened that way. And so this is also a part of the commission as it goes out. This includes, includes mm -hmm. everyone. Mm -hmm. but, but let's move from what you talked about with kind of the things changing and evolving to kind of let's broaden the scope. So there's a lot of challenges in our world. We've mm -hmm. been through challenges personally. We've right. been through challenges as a world. We continue to be in them. Um, there's a lot of despair. So how do you think the message of Easter then, as we have been talking about it, um, addresses that? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people think that doubt is the opposite of faith. Mm -hmm. But realistically, it's despair. Because what happens is, because um, when we despair, it means hope is gone. It right. means, therefore, that which we had faith in is no longer something that we can have faith in anymore. Right, right. And so, so the opposite, doubt and faith can go together because what doubt can do is um, enable you or invite you to engage more fully with the message. Mm -hmm. And so the, the doubt is not to find the message wrong, to, to, you know, uh, to, to, to um, undermine it although that's what some people do. Um, right. it, it is to discover more fully its faith-seeking understanding so that hope can become more robust. Right. Yeah. So, so um, people despair because of what goes on, the word evil. Hmm. You know, um, you talked about some of those things. You know, um, natural evil, hmm. all the stuff that's happening with hurricanes and, hmm. and so on. So many people dying evil that is caused by human beings. It's hard to imagine that people could do some of the things they're doing. Uh, in Toronto now, it seems that every single day you hear about somebody murdered. Um, my grandson had a friend who was murdered right here in Barrie. Mm. You know? So that happens. And so people begin to say, what is the point of life? Right. And so people then begin to either join this um, uh, uh, group that engages in evil because they want to um, find meaning for themselves and they themselves want to be the one on top rather than the one being mm. victimized. Okay. Or people despair and say, and, and that's a kind of despair as well. Mm -hmm. They can despair and say, what's the use? And, and let's just eat, drink and be merry like the fool mm -hmm. uh, in Jesus' parable. Or, you know, uh, like essentially said, life is absurd. And they just, just give up. And even in, in Ecclesiastes, uh, um, the writer says, um, there's no difference really between animal and man. Mm -hmm. Or we, we aren't sure about it. Right, right. Because both die, live and die. Mm -hmm. They go down into the grave. And we don't know where the spirit of the animal goes down and the spirit of man goes up. And maybe he was just parroting or, or talking about how people who don't believe in God uh, mm -hmm. approach things. But... And so there's a kind of uh, nihilism, you know, where, where nothing matters, nothing uh, amounts to anything. There's no meaning. But Easter says that there's meaning in God. Easter opens the door 
to the reality of God's promises. Easter says that, that, that God, who is the creator, hasn't lost control of his creation. Right. That, that he, has in, uh, he has ejected, you know, um, we talked about uh, conquering the, the devil, uh, and Jesus talked about the, the devil as ruler right. of the air. Um, he has been eliminated. God is in control. God has, has begun this new creation. And therefore, our purpose is, mm -hmm. our real purpose is God. Um, our purpose, God made his creation so that his creation should, could glorify him. So what are some examples of that? Of what? Of that hope. Uh, so if, if people take hold of that mm -hmm. and they're reacting against the despair in the world, what are some examples that, okay, wait a second, here are reasons to have hope based on those types of realities? Well, uh, we, we, um, if we look around us, we can see... For example, those people who have, since God has um, in, invaded his, uh, entered into his creation and his transforming creation. Right. Um, we talked about the fact that when we, when we believe in Christ and we trust Christ, we're drawn into him. We live out of his fullness. Yeah. Um, what we see, therefore, is that when people um, uh, see what God has promised and what God has done and the newness of this creation entered into that, then there's a transformation and change of life. Mm -hmm. um, we, 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 we see it, for example, in, in um, the kinds of things, you had something on the screen about um, uh, providing food for women who have been abused or, you know, we, we see that kind of thing happen, happening. And we see it not just with people who are um, uh, believers. Mm. We, see, we, we see the, the, the kind of goodness in people, um, the kinds of things they do, the care they ha have for others, uh, a kind of common grace. Mm. But we see it also primarily in, in, in the way God, God transforms right. people's lives. And uh, I suppose I could, we, we, any one of us could use that as an example, how the difference between uh, be, be, the before and after. Mm -hmm. so my wife, for example, grew up in the church. There was never a time she didn't believe. Right. I was not like that. So when, when, I, when I put my faith in Christ, mm -hmm. there was a radical transformation, mm -hmm. a difference. Not only in terms of morality, and uh, um, right. the usual things, yeah. but in terms of how I saw people. Let me ask you this, let's mm -hmm. make it more personal then. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're a very positive and hope-filled person, that's always great, that always exudes uh, from you whenever we talk with mm -hmm. one another, but you've been through ups and downs through right. life, mm -hmm. uh, through different congregations, through family things, marriage, seeing the world, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, just, just, just how has hope sustained you over the long haul in, in a specific way? Maybe some practices. What are some things that okay. you have done in your life which, which have helped you sustain that hope? Because like, it's okay to think, okay, we've got this hope in our head in Christ and what he has done and the future and promises, but how has that sustained you kind of through some of those darker periods? Okay, um, let me just uh, mention my wife again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she has had so many different illnesses. She has had two TIAs, a stroke, liver condition, two bouts of cancer. She just finished her wow. cancer treatment. And so, you know, she said to me one day, I, I wonder what I 
um, what, I might, what I might have contributed to this. It could have been, she's talking about uh, you know, her, what, what she didn't do to maintain mm -hmm. her health. Or she could have been talking about, what is it that I've done that has caused God to allow right. me to have cancer? Mm -hmm. And so we talked about that. You know, I mean, it's, it's part of the question, the wondering. Um, we talked about that, and what we talked about was the reality that we live in this fallen world. Fallen world. We fallen yeah, world. Broken. And, and we, we have not... Um, God doesn't uh, um, prevent us from having some of the same problems that other people have. Mm. He allows it. Wait, we have problems? Oh. <laughs> we have challenges? We get sick? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, you see, the prosperity gospel says you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So what God does, he allows this. Mm -hmm. But what he does, he uses that right. to bring about his purposes, which he wants us to be conformed to the image of Christ. Christ images God totally and completely. Right. You know? And so he wants us to... to, to to be, to be conformed to the image of Christ. So he uses these, these things to lead us and guide us. Joseph, yeah. for example, yeah. his brothers meant it for evil, God meant it for good, yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. So, yeah. so what happens is then, um, what mm -hmm. is meaningful about that for me is that we have to rehearse, we have to stay close to the mm -hmm. message of the gospel, the right. good news. Yeah. Um, it's not just something we, 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 we got Mm -hmm. You know, when we were a kid, and then, you know, we leave it behind and we just go on. Right. But we need to be hearing the gospel again and again and again. That's why people come to church. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's one of the things. But we need to hear it each day. And right. so for me, uh, the, 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 the um, disciplines of prayer... Mm -hmm. Um, reading of scripture, and I have my way of doing that, you know, I try to read through the Bible, right. you know, and, and, uh, and uh, I, I use, I journal, scripture journaling. I used to do a dream journaling where I would um, pray about my, per, my, my dreams, I would right. write down, right. and seek to discern what God might be saying to me through those dreams. Yeah. I try to discern what God might be doing out in, in the mm -hmm. community. Yeah. As I go about and I meet people, and yeah. some people smile at me, what I'm doing is yeah. receiving from those people whatever God wants right, to give right. to me through the kind word, through the smile, or even when they're nasty. <laughs> What's God <laughs> saying to you. me through that? <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. uh, and my tendency is to take umbrage. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, I don't do this. I'm too Canadian. But the people... <laughs> But one of the things that you said I don't want to lose, though, is yeah. you talked about worship, and we've talked about fellowship before, too. Yes, yes. Because we can say, oh, that's coming to, to worship and to pray and to sing and to learn and stuff. But there's a community aspect, too. Yes. Um, just, just yesterday, Laura was in no frills picking something up, and she was in one of the aisles, and uh, an older gentleman came up to her and said, can I borrow your eyes for a minute? And because his eyesight was poor, and <laughs> mm -hmm. she, uh, she, was, you know, she was asked to read kind of where this certain bottle of relish was from. Is this mm -hmm. made in Canada or somewhere else? Because mm -hmm. he was trying to support Canadian. Right. And uh, I just thought that's, that's really interesting on a multiple level. So she mm -hmm. read it to him. They had this conversation. Oh, this is the one that's made in Canada. And I think when it comes to sustaining hope, um, that 
I don't lose that. The fellowship and the worship yeah. is important because, you know, in effect, sometimes when you feel low or despairing, you're kind of borrowing other people's eyes. You're yeah. borrowing yeah. the eyes of their heart. All oh, right, this oh, this is what reality is. These are the promises of God. All oh, right, because by ourselves we get kind of yes, sucked down. Yes. But, but let me ask this, Winston, as a kind of a final, final question. Um, what are some things you see God doing in the world which should give us hope? I think this is a good note to end on. What are right. some of the things... You see God doing it all to give us hope because we need that because there's so much junk out there. Well, I guess the first thing I'd mention is something that might seem surprising mm -hmm. because it is God really doing this. Okay. Um, and and uh, for want of a better word is, is that God is allowing, quote, Christendom to crumble. Mm -hmm. And of course... So the church being popular and established with big buildings. Exactly. Uh, where um, the West was Christian. Right. Deemed to be Christian. And even now I gather some Muslims would regard the West as the Christian West and they see right. the terrible things we do and say, look, that's what Christianity is all about. Right, right. And so it is that, it is that um, um, immersion of the church mm -hmm. in all of this. And the church, of course, had... Uh, the, the West arose because of, of the, 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 the values that in, in the Judeo-Christian right. faith. So anyway, the, the point though is that um, uh, because of that, um, there were the, the, the whole idea of nominal Christianity was um, just a reality. So name only. So people yes. saying they were Christians, but they actually weren't living. Like exactly. Yeah. You know, or you might come to church on Easter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's what it means to be a Christian. Or right. I keep the Ten Commandments or I believe in God, you right, know, right. and nothing else. But what's happening now that there has been a pushback where with, um, <clears throat> there are people who are saying that we can't accept um, any kind of, 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 um, rule from outside. Mm -hmm. In other words, um, each person determines what is good for him or her. Right. And therefore, um, the whole idea of God uh, as, as the one who, who, who is in control is offensive. So you're saying <clears throat> that almost the, the la lack of a place of privilege for Christianity today is changing. Yes. And that we're saying, oh, wait a second, are we actually going to ground our authority in him as we live? Yes. So it's yes. going to strengthen. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, that that, that the, the authority rests not in someone outside, right. but in each person. Mm -hmm. And therefore, <clears throat> I decide what's good for me. I decide what's truth. And so we have this whole right, question right, right, right. Uh, where even yeah, science yeah. is being questioned. Right. You know, and, 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 and so they see God as um, a construct, a social mm -hmm. construct, right. and the church to oppress people. Right. So therefore, they're rejecting that. And it used to be that when you were a Christian, when it was the Christian West, there was leverage. I mean, you economically getting jobs. Um, there was social position. capital to saying you ex follow ex Jesus. Precisely, yeah. precisely, precisely. And people would actually mm -hmm. join the church like, uh, for, for that, <laughs> for that purpose. Yeah. But now it's going to cost yeah, yeah. you. 
It's going to cost you. It's going to cost. Actually, might cost you social capital to be associated with Jesus. Exactly. It's not popular. So yes, and there will be a refining because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there's a resentment. You yeah, know, yeah. the campuses. Yeah, so yeah. this is canceling. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so so now it costs you. And what I think God is doing is is allowing the people who right. really want to serve Him to be the ones that identify with Him. Mm as the church, the body of Jesus mm. Christ. Mm. And we see God using that even in um, countries that's um, authoritarian, totalitarian, they're atheistic, mm. right. and they oppress the church. They, they, they um, imprison them, they, they kill them, yeah, yeah. They, they lack jobs, education, all that. But mm. those people go to um, prison, and then like Paul and John in prison singing, they uh, begin to, to, yeah, yeah. Exp to, to yeah, yeah. share their faith, and people yeah. in the prison become Christians. Yeah. And we see the churches growing in those areas. Yeah. Um, so, so God is using this. Yeah. You know? And so we shouldn't, be we shouldn't worry and be afraid, because the same thing will, will be the case for us. The tomb's still is, is empty, regardless still, yes. of whether or not people like you. Yeah, that, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, of course, is the third, what used to be called the third world. I'm not right. sure what to call it now. Uh, but, but anyway... Here are these people yeah. who lack uh, so many of the things we have. Yeah. Um, medical care, food, yeah. good housing, and all those things. Um, they become Christians. They read the Bible. They see that God is the God who cares. God is the God who heals, so they get wow. sick. No doctor, they pray. Yeah. <clears throat> Guess what? Yeah. People get healed. Yeah. You know? Um, <clears throat> they read that we should... Uh, that God, that Christ sends us out yeah. with the message of the, uh, of the kingdom of God, yeah. and, and they go out and they preach Christ, yeah. and the church is growing. Yeah. And let me just... This is good news. Yeah, let me just um, direct it closer to home. Uh, here you are at Westminster, and um, um, we're at, uh, with, with a, a tremendous leadership, you as the pastor and I, I really am impressed with the kind of leadership you and the session provides. provide. But um, at Ivy, we don't have a called minister. Three of your members are on the list as supply preachers at Ivy. <laughs> so what's happening here I is One that, of them is there this morning. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Kathy's there this morning. Mm -hmm. So three, and they provide good, good ministry, biblical and so on. So, so, so What's happening mm -hmm. here is that in churches like this, small churches, not, you know, we look at the mega churches and say that's wonderful and all that, but yeah. what you're doing is equipping mm -hmm. people for ministry. Mm -hmm. And I suspect that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I hope and pray that that mm -hmm. will continue and deepen even more. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and we see, so, yes, and, but I, I don't think this is unique. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of other small yeah. churches like this and maybe even some of the mega churches. Yeah. Although I personally don't like large churches, <laughs> you know. Uh, but the point is, uh, yeah. what you're doing is discipling people. Yeah. They're, they're, they're getting turned on by the message of Easter. Mm -hmm. And they're getting equipped so they can go. And I was going to say earlier that it wasn't just the disciples who were sent to do it. But if you look at Ephesians 4, um, the, 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 the um, office, uh, officers in the church, the apostles, pastors, mm -hmm. evangelists, teachers mm -hmm. and preachers 
are there to equip the saints for ministry, yeah, to, do it. to build I, up the body of Christ. And I would see that, and yes. I think one of the things I've seen through the pandemic is there is a fortifying of people, mm -hmm. um, not everyone, but there's a fortifying of, of people to do ministry and, and to lead it. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I wanna, I wanna wrap this up, but mm -hmm. I want to leave with a closing thought. Um, just something I think is touching about the importance of hope, and I hope that this has been helpful for people as you think through Easter, but also kind of implications for my life and for the wider world as well. Um, rabbi Hugo Grin, who was a well-known rabbi in, in England, and when he died in his obituary, he told a story about he and his father. Uh, they were in a concentration camp, which talked about horrific situation, but he talked about his, his father being a person of hope. And they would have, even in the midst of this concentration camp, so imagine this situation, they would have these worship services, and uh, they would make this Sabbath candle. Except, what do you have? Because you don't have a lot of supplies. So they took this little string, and they took a little portion of butter that they had, and he rolled up this string in this butter. And, um, and people criticized him for it. He says, hey, we don't have much to eat, so like, we could have eaten that butter. You're wasting it. Uh, and here's what he says. He says, without food, we can live for weeks. We cannot live for a minute without hope. Without food, we can live for weeks. But without uh, hope, you know, we cannot live for a minute. And so I think that's so important for us to think about that, think about Easter uh, hope, and uh, let's just praise God and thanks, Winston, for coming and sharing some thoughts with us today. Appreciate you, Winston, your ministry, your wisdom over the years, and um, so valuable, and I just appreciate your, your support for me through the years and, and your insights and, and your prayers as well. So